This is Impressive Growth Masters, the podcast created by marketers for marketers. Keep up to date with everything from retail to tech and beyond. Join your host, Robert Tadros, in conversation with CEOs, CMOs, and the true masters of business and growth marketing. Hello and welcome to another great episode on the Growth Masters podcast. I'm your host, Robert Tadros. Joining me on the show today is the founder of Clean.io. Clean is a digital engagement security platform that provides businesses with the tools they need to protect the user experiences and brands by controlling the third-party codes that are executed on their websites. From helping some of the world's largest online publishers to prevent malvertising, to giving e-com merchants the ability to block the injection of unwanted discount codes at checkout. Click's mission is very simple, and that is to ensure that the brand truly owns and can control their most valuable digital assets. Please welcome Jeff Stupe. Well, Jeff, man, welcome to the show. I always like to kick off with, you, you know, you get invited to a dinner and you're, you're sitting around a table and there's, you know, 10, 15 people that you've never met. And one turns around and says, so Jeff, what do you do? I'd say that I'm kind of a digital media entrepreneur and just helping build products and, and services that help people kind of maximize their um, business environment. So that's kind of the, I guess, quickest answer to that. Good elevator pitch, right? Um, look, and you've been in the ad tech space for what, pretty much your entire career, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, actually, um, I had started with a, an, actually a music website in college, and that kind of grew to, this was before the days of Spotify and SoundCloud and all the goodies <laughs> that we have today. Um, we were yeah. just kind of blogging, actually, about just different music that we liked, and you know, it grew to a spot where it's pretty cheap to run a small website. It's not as cheap to run a larger website once you get visitors, so we had to kind of leverage different advertising networks to, to scale that up and to basically pay for it. And in doing that, I just kind of realized a lot of inefficiencies in, in that place. And, you know, that's kind of what led me into first ad tech and now kind of e-commerce as well. So tell me a little bit about, and I guess for, for our listeners, a little bit about clean.io, which I believe you founded back in 2017. Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the product. Yeah. So essentially what we started with um, is actually clean ad, which helps publishers, platforms, and advertisers basically protect their ecosystem by preventing malicious ads. So some examples of that might be pop-ups that, you know, pop up on your phone, or sometimes there's redirects that are taking you to like an Amazon gift card, or those are kind of the obvious ones. There's a lot of underlying threats um, that are kind of not exposed to the naked eye, you know, like crypto mining and, and things like that, that can happen on the, on the background of your phone or device. And so clean ad was really focused on helping those, that ecosystem solve that problem. Um, so we work with some of the biggest publishers, frankly, in the world, like um, CNN and TMZ, and then also some of the biggest platforms uh, as well to basically protect their, their pipeline. From there, we kind of pivoted towards, or not not pivoted, but actually expanded into, you know, protecting the e-commerce space as well. And so our offering with that has been um, Clean Cart. 
And essentially what clean cart does is protect merchants from coupon extension. So I guess, what is your familiarity with honey and the like? Are you pretty familiar with what they do or not really? Not, not really, but I am familiar with, you know, there's, there's a plethora of different websites over there that offer coupons and different discount codes and, and all the rest of it. Right. And you just copy the, you know, the little code and you go and try and it doesn't work. And then you try another website and that doesn't work. Yep. So I'm assuming it's, it's, it's exactly that. Yeah. So we're kind of playing in that realm a bit. Um, so we kind of think of this as a, a security suite for um, merchants and basically their, their card experience. And one of the first big threats that we wanted to solve was uh, with coupon extensions. So Honey and Capital One are, are the biggest ones that kind of are glaring out there. And, and really there's a nefarious side to these extensions that aren't really talked about. And it's because they're backed by, you know, billion dollar companies and they have hundred million dollar a month budgets for both advertising and, and to pay influencers to work with them. But essentially what their business model is, is that when you sign up for one of those things in the terms of service that no one ever reads, I mean, you know, no one reads these things from Apple or, or anything else. You essentially agree to let them scrape all of your activity while you're on different pages. And so what happens is you might offer some coupon for an advertisement um, for this podcast, let's say, and let's say you're giving, you know, 20% off with, with one of the partners that you work with. And I hear that on this podcast and I take that coupon by hand and I go to the website and I, I use it and I check out honey might be sitting there and they'll scrape that coupon and they'll put it in their database. And then the millions of users, which is, I mean, they're literally growing their user bases by a million people a month now have access to that same coupon that, you know, I get got for, you know, a valid reason um, in mm -hmm. terms of like interacting with your podcast and, and learning about it that way. So, you know, we saw this as one kind of really interesting and also kind of nefarious thing to tackle as, as the first feature of this kind of product set, but definitely an interesting use case. It's something that a lot of people haven't even thought about, you know, the, the, the merchants and the marketers out there um, in terms of, uh, you know, what these guys are doing to their margins. Yeah, absolutely. So, so arguably, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's hurting an e-com brand or a retail brand's profit, right? So essentially what you're doing absolutely. is you're increasing the, I mean, A, you're increasing conversion rates and, and, and probably B, you're increasing profit margins. Exactly. And essentially we're, we're not just providing protection or, or this problem is, is not just affecting merchants and um, e-commerce stores. It's actually affecting the ecosystem. So mm. when you take that example, and say you're a podcast and you know you're getting your revenue by working for with different um, merchants if if your coupons getting leaked then the e-commerce platform has no attribution or realistic mm -hmm. view about what traffic that you're driving versus like what is just getting charged to them by honey or somebody else leveraging that coupon so similarly as a lot of e-commerce merchants look towards other ways to drive traffic beyond you know, the Facebooks and Googles of the world, a lot of them are leveraging uh, coupon strategies with influencers and, and podcasts and affiliate marketing and other things. And if you have an intermediate, intermediary in there that's stealing, you know, attribution at the last moment, it basically just muddies the water and, and really doesn't allow you to run an effective program, which is, you know, what I've heard from, from multiple sides of the equation. Mm. 
That's a very interesting point, right? And and this is talking from an agency owner perspective, uh, or even if I'm just a digital specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you put a lot of effort into strategy, into understanding the customer journey, mapping out the relevant channels in that journey. Um, you run those ads, you optimize those ads, and then someone like a honey comes along and essentially steals the conversion. And then it makes the agency look pretty shit, <laughs> right? It's yeah, like, exactly. Well, hold on. It does. Right. We're spending, you know, from a client's perspective, they're like, well, we're spending all this money with an agency, but you guys are not getting us a return on investment. But really deep in, pretty deep in, in you know, there's, there's a few, probably a few layers down. There's this like, there's this little piece of tech that is essentially just taking the conversion um, and attributing exactly. it to their platform. So th- this is a huge, think about it that way. it's insane, man. That's like the wild, wild west, right? <laughs> so, so that's actually only part one of the problem as we kind of, and this is a pretty new product that we've kind of launched, like actually April of, of 2020. So as we started to work with, with clients originally and kind of my whole theory in terms of like working with our customers is like, let communication with them and our learnings with, with them really drive our product and, and have, you know, our product suite be product focused and in the growth of our, our company also be product led. And, you know, in doing that, we spend a lot of time talking to our customers and, and talking to these e-commerce merchants. And, and through the course of that, you know, we had a customer where the coupon wasn't their biggest problem, but they were telling us, Hey, we're still paying honey, like tens of thousands of dollars a month. And we're like, what do you mean? And they said, Oh, well, we work with share sale and impact, which are, I, I'm sure, you know, like affiliate platforms that are leveraged by many different e-commerce merchants. And when we dug into this, what we realized is that a lot of those platforms basically push the merchants and brands into leveraging them and go in and they, they add these relationships. And so what, what ends up happening is that the same way that they steal attribution with coupons, they are actually also stealing attribution via the um, affiliate programs by dropping the pixels in the background from these users that are being just driven organically to the site. And we can, you can see this live. It's that crazy. So like you'll be on a checkout and you can see a tab opening next to it where the pixels being dropped by honey or the like, and they're taking that last click attribution away from, you know, the brands that are driving it, um, the affiliate relationships that they have, the influencers that are sending the traffic. So this isn't just a problem where merchants are, you know, giving up margin, uh, it's really making their ability to work um, and create an ecosystem where we can all work together ineffective mm-hmm. due to just like the loss of attribution. I know that was a lot, but. No, man. I mean, this, this is crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. You're just thinking out loud about the, you know, about the, the amount of marketing spend in, a, in an e-com space, right? Like any sort of retailer or an e-com brand that's spending hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year on, on, on advertising spend. And essentially there's, there's like leakage everywhere, like throughout the entire journey, you know, and it's not yeah, even at it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. So, so the product has been around since April, 2020. So it's one year in now, right? Thereabouts, just shy of a year. How are you finding the, the response, I guess, in market when, when working with an e-com brand? Cause I'm assuming, you know, some of them, there's an education piece. Cause a lot of them would not even know that yeah. this is happening. 
So, I mean, just as shocked as you are right now, these are the types of conversations and, and actually like, frankly, the difficulty in trying to bring something like this to market is like, there's a huge educational um, component to it and a huge awareness uh, piece of it. And so, you know, it's, it's exciting to talk to, you know, people like you who really like to dig into all the issues in the ecosystem and, and kind of hear about it. And so that's probably, you know, why you hear the excitement from me too, and in talking with somebody who, you know, really gets it and, and, and can see it. And I think that like, you know, it's a real David and Goliath situation where, you know, Goliath here has tons of money and, you know, they're basically, it's crazy because they have so much money in their, in their, spending it on ad spend, but they're also like spending it with influencers. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, Mr. Beast, um, he's sponsored by honey. So the same company wow. that, you know, in many instances, if he partners with a brand and sends traffic to those brands and they have, you know, one of these affiliate programs, honey's probably stealing last click attribution and taking money out of his pocket, you know, as they're also paying, him to, to sponsor their, their product. And I've talked with merchants before and, and influencers as well. Like one guy who had a, a, a sneaker blog basically where he has big YouTube following and he was super frustrated because he was working with Adidas and um, he would send them all kinds of money or sorry, he would, he would make them all kinds of money and send them all kinds of traffic. But the problem is, is that they would be giving him coupon codes which is basically how he gets paid at the end of uh, you know that transaction. And what would happen is the coupon codes would get leaked. They would know about it and they would give him a new one to uh, re-upload to his video. And if he wasn't sitting there at his computer 24 seven, then you know, if he, he missed the time period from when they got rid of the code and when he was able to quickly get it back up, he was losing thousands of dollars. And mm -hmm. as you know, like kind of that first whatever, call it 24, 36 hours of, of posting a piece of content is like critical in terms of like, that's when the biggest volume, a lot of time of, of your viewers is coming in. And so, you know, he's basically stuck in a chair there trying to swap out codes as, as things are getting picked up and, and attribution is being lost. So, you know, that's just a perfect example of how this is goes beyond a problem, just like the end merchant losing margin. Jeff, you, you touched on, I mean, we, we, we're talking about attribution here and I guess my question here is, is this only relevant to last click attribution or is it, you know, let's just say I was running a linear attribution model, you know, would it still affect me? I mean, there's obviously, I guess I'm probably answering my own question here. It would still affect, but probably not as much. Would I be right to say that? If there's any way for them to take basically credit throughout the whole, I guess, customer journey with a pixel then yeah, it would be affected. I think that like last click attribution is, is the worst because you're basically giving credit to the last person. So somebody yep. is able to fully steal attribution. But again, if there's multiple steps along the journey and somebody else is coming in and essentially hijacking a piece of it, they're they're cutting down on, on your revenue as, you know, an influencer that's sending that, that traffic to that brand. Far out. This is uh it's insane. <laughs> I mean, this is, I know, I know. It's this, insane. This, is, this is huge, right? It's huge. So what's on the, what's on the horizon, right? I mean, the, the, the piece of tech has been running now for 12 or so months. What's on the horizon as far as, you know, it's next evolution or are you finding, you know, I guess throughout the journey over the last 12 months, are you finding that you, you're having to make adjustments to the tech? Are you finding that, you know, someone like a honey has is starting to combat it? Because I'm sure, you know, a business like of that size, right? It's worth, you know, millions and billions of dollars. 
I'm sure they've caught on to what's going on here, right? So how, I guess, are you combating that as far as the tech and the innovation? That's a, that's a great question. To get right into that, yes, uh, we have seen instances where Honey is trying to combat it. You know, I think in Clean's history with our first product, it was basically us versus these hackers and malvertisers who were basically making, you know, basically malware that they were injecting mm. through the ad pipelines. And so we were always, you know, very accustomed to kind of like a red team versus black team event where, <laughs> you know, we, we, we put out a protection they put out something to get around it, vice versa. Yeah. So the whole game of uh, you know patching things is is definitely kind of in our blood. So we've been pretty successful at that, and you know I think that there's a ways to to continue to do that. In terms of your other question, from the product perspective, I, I really see and, and hear from merchants that they really want to understand kind of like the coupon viewability report. And, and they really want to know beyond like these extensions and beyond affiliate things, like where are their coupons getting out and how are they being used? So, you know, are they on retail me not? Are they on these other discount sites? So what we're really working on now is trying to come up with, uh, you know, coupon usage and, and analytics uh, reports to say, hey, like we know this is a referring traffic of, of somebody coming directly from retail me not. So maybe there's, a world where you know we box things in the in that instance like we don't allow the, the coupon to come in even if it's a manual one um, but we're really just kind of working with our partners to to understand you know what's important to them and I, that's kind of been our key to success thus far and and i think we'll just continue down that path yeah awesome man it's great to hear it's great to hear i mean that's you know that's a business with a true cause and something that i believe would, would definitely hurt help a lot of you know retailers econ brands merchants you know save a lot of a lot of money right be that from an advertising spend perspective or from a you know or make more profit so that's 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 awesome uh jeff i want to sort of sh shift gears a little bit and go more on a on, on a personal level right you know running a a tech business uh is not is not easy right and you've been in it pretty much your your, your entire career how how do you sort of navigate the, the challenges of running a, a software business. And the reason why I, I ask or I'm honing down on software, because look, every business obviously has got its own challenges, but with software, it's, it's unique in the sense that, you know, you're dealing with a lot of devs who typically want to sit in a room, don't want to speak to anybody, you know, a lot of them, and I'm, and I'm generalizing, so I do apologize to any of our listeners right now that, you know, that are developers and, and might be extroverts. Um, <laughs> so you've got this sort of aspect, and then you've got, you know, the marketing team who typically are a lot more, ex, you know, they're extroverts, they want, you know, they're very bubbly, they want to run around, and, and there's, you know, a real different mix of individuals and personalities within, within a business. Do you find that, A, that's the case, and two, how do you sort of build that culture and ensure that it's a healthy, you know, a healthy business? Yeah, definitely a good question. I definitely think that that, you know, stereotype is probably true to some degree. And, you know, I think in any business you're in like HR and just like interpersonal relationships and, and how you align everyone under a central vision is, is really one of the toughest things. And probably one of the things that most people really don't talk about that much. But I mean, mm. for me, like, as I think about it, like, in, in this business and in other businesses I've done before this, it's always been a struggle in terms of like managing all the different personalities and, and how you get everyone rowing, you know, the same way. Really, in terms of like how to do that successfully, I think that creating a unified vision and repeating yourself basically to ad nauseum has been like 
the key to success for me and also transparency. So, you know, speaking back to your original question of, you know, how do we get devs aligned with sales, aligned with marketing? And, and it's really one to come up with a, with a central business vision and path forward, but also to really share with everyone what we're trying to do. So like sales needs to know the roadmap that engineering's working on. Engineering needs to understand the struggles that sales is having and, and why we're asking them to create X, Y, and Z feature and product. And, and you know, once they're able to push through and, and stay up a couple nights super late, like what is that really going to do for us? And really kind of putting that into perspective, like, hey, like all this hard work that you guys have done is going to allow us to increase sales. It's going to allow us to, you know, help our customers in this way. One perfect example of that kind of recently is when we started with Clean Cart, we basically just had a script. So, you know, you put the script on your page and it does magic. Um, where we've been transitioning and what we've been working on over the past couple of months is creating apps. So, to be within the app marketplace for Shopify and for big commerce to basically make ease of install and to build awareness, frankly, um, just being in those marketplaces. And, you know, we, we had to kind of push hard on the engineering team to, to get them there and to really basically say, like, we need this because we need awareness. We want to have organic signups and we want it to be very easy. We want to take a, you know, what's now a 10 step process to install our product to be a one click thing. And it's going to be super meaningful. And, you know, that was having that transparency really drove everyone like moving towards the same goal. And, you know, when we got it live and, and actually Big Commerce went live last week and we got our first fully automatic install, meaning like they didn't talk to anyone. They just installed the app and they were off to the races. And so that was like a big moment to share together with everyone, like from engineers all the way to the marketing people that were helping promote it and the salespeople who, you know, help drive customers towards there. So that's kind of like really the keys to me is like unified vision and transparency. So, so just on that, and you mentioned the sales and the engineering team or the product team, do you find that they don't necessarily always see eye to eye sales or sales, oh. right? <laughs> Those yeah, guys absolutely. are like, you know, they're out there running their own race and there's always, yeah. you know, from entrepreneurs, CEOs and business owners that I speak to, there's always this tension between product or, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> the engineering team and sales. Is that the case in, in, in the business? Absolutely. I mean, hey, like I think that some of the unsung heroes of, of any kind of scaled out tech operation is, is really product because, yeah. I mean, their job is to intake all of these wants and needs that are coming from sales, which is probably coming from the customers themselves. But at the end of the day, like you have to be able to take that in, understand what's what's going on and, and translate that into clear actions. And a lot of the times like customers don't necessarily know what they want. I mean, they know maybe what their problem is or where they'd like to go, but you need to be able to figure out how to solve that elegantly and, you know, probably go beyond that to, to wow people. And, um, you know, it's the same way with sales there. They have kind of a, a read like, Hey, I can't sell this because it's missing X, Y, and Z. And we're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, what if we get you this piece? It might not be the whole thing, but you know, it, it solves a, it solves enough of the problem to, to keep pushing forward effectively. And so you're kind of, uh, in, in a crazy spot of, of, balancing all of these, as you said, different personalities, but wants and needs and kind of understanding of the overall picture. So I actually come, I've, I've done a lot of product myself and, and understand those struggles, but it's, uh, it, it definitely takes a unique skill. 
Yeah, abs- absolutely. And I, like I even we experienced it in our own business where if I was to sit with the sales team for one month and understand their perspective or understand their challenges, and then I go and sit in the product team for one month, and it's like, right, I understand now why you know like you're pushing back or there's resistance. And it's always, you know, it always kind of comes back to what you said is like, like, guys, why are we here in the first place? Right? It's like, what is that vision? Why, we, why do we get out of bed every day and, and, and come to work? Right? And if we, if, we, if we just sort of bring it back to that, I totally agree with you. It's like, this is where we're heading. Right? So let's figure out how to make it work rather than almost like compete with each other to some degree. And at the end of the day, it's like you only have so much firepower, especially as a yeah. you know a startup or a smaller mid-sized company. It's like we're not all Google. We can't just dump all kinds of time and resources into every new thing that we do. So it's a you know it's a game of compromise. It's you have to decide um, you know if you have these 10, 10 ideas or ten product needs out of those ten, which are the two that are really going to drive revenue, that are really going to help sales and, and help retention in terms of your customer and. If you, as you said, if you speak to certain specific parties, like everyone has a different opinion about that. You need to be able to look from the, from the top of the, uh, from the top angle and be able to decide and, and make really quick decisions and be able to iterate quickly if, if you fail. I mean, I think that failure management is also a big part of product and being able to pivot. I'll tell you that every feature and everything that we've ever developed at Clean is not made it to the customer, probably half of them. Um, and so being able to identify something where, you know, if you've worked, you know, X amount of time on it and just simply being able to throw it away and move on or pivot, um, I think is an important skill. And I think a lot of people kind of get bogged down and just like, Hey, I've spent all this time making this. Like, I just want to keep, we got to get this to the finish, but you really just need to be constantly evaluating is, is this the right thing you're doing? Is this going to be driving value? Is this where I should be putting my chips? A very good point, Jeff. So, so, you know, the business makes a decision. You, you, you take a, a feature and, and, and go to market, right? And you, you invest a lot of time and effort into developing it and then it fails. How do you deal with a, the individuals that have built it? Because that's pretty disheartening, right? Like, I mean, that you would, yeah. I'm assuming some would actually take that very personally. So, you know, I'm sure you guys would have hundreds of different features on a, you know, on a yearly basis that you'd be developing and, you know, going to market and testing. And some would fail, like you said, if 50% are failing. How do you sort of, how do you deal with that? I mean, it's definitely, uh, definitely tough. Um, no one wants to kind of, no one wants to fail. No one wants the things that they're working on not to be used. But I think that, again, it goes back to like transparency and, and the overall vision. And it's like, hey, like we tried this. And also being up front. I mean, like mm-hmm. we, we go into it knowing that, hey, this, this might not work and, and we're very clear. And so, you know, obviously everyone's upset when that does happen. But, you know, we have a plan beyond that. And there's a plan B and a plan C and, you know, something else to, to keep working on and to driving forward. So, you know, I think you kind of just like minim- try to minimize that phase of, of regret and, uh, you know, just feeling bad and, and really just turn towards, uh, hey, we've learned something here. And that's that that's the other big thing is like, you know, within every failure, just piece that you end up throwing away, like you may use part of it later and it may drive an idea that will drive revenue very soon. Um, and mm-hmm. so like, I think just keeping moving is the key to that, um, in my opinion. I love that perspective. And, and that's something I definitely adopt is like with every failure, there's an opportunity, right? It's like, what, what's the learning here? What's the experience rather than we failed? It's like, sure, we did yeah. fail, but you know, we would rather fail and know that we tried rather than what if we had done this and would it have worked? 
right? And you end up sort of living in this what if world. So that's definitely a good perspective. And what's on the what's on the on the horizon? For, for clean, have you got any more products that you're working on? And again, you don't have to share, you know, if there's anything that hasn't hasn't been launched, but any new products uh, other than sort of two major products at the moment on the horizon? I think for the next, I would say year, we're definitely gonna be focused on the e-commerce space. I'd love to like learn more. So one of the ways that we kind of grew the ad tech product, Clean Ad, was really we started working with publishers and kind of smaller publishers and then learned about their problems and then built things and then scaled up to larger publishers and what their problems were. And a lot of times they were the same problems, but like having that data and the visibility and the relationships is really the key. So, you know, one of the main things is I look to drive our presence in this um, marketplace in terms of e-commerce is really like driving these relationships. So like, hey, if, if you can't work with our product today because it's missing a feature because you know, you don't have that problem. Like, Hey, let's still like, let's still work together. Like maybe you can still install our app. We can monitor the, the situation, look at different traffic, see what your problems are, or just like have a discussion, you know, about what would solve things for them. And, and that's kind of where we've been successful in the past. And so as I look forward, I, I really want to start doing that with, with e-commerce. And you can almost think of like the product that we've launched today as it stands today with the features is, is a beachhead into this um, e-commerce space as an opportunity to, to basically pivot less from, you know, a specific like pain point solution to just an overall like security vendor to just solve like a multitude of problems. And, and that's really where I see it. So, you know, maybe we pivot from e-commerce, which, you know, is a huge TAM. So I think that there's plenty to do here mm-hmm. before we really look beyond that. But you can also think of, uh, things like enterprise security as well, which also has a lot of the very similar problems as, as all of these things. But kind of going back to my elevator speech, is the mission is, is really just to build products and, and services that help people, you know, create a safe and, and optimized environment to to conduct business. And so, so that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I love that. And I guess it kind of leads me to my next point or my next question. But, you know, you're in a very, very competitive space, right? I mean, the minute you start to talk security, yeah, that's yep. just the, that's, that's huge, right? So what, what's, I mean, what is the marketing, what does your marketing stack look like at the moment? How are you taking some of these products to, to market, I guess, to, to, to build awareness, especially around a product that's, or, or innovation, I guess it's, it's very new, right? And as I said, like a lot of merchants, a lot of retailers don't even know that this tech even exists. In fact, they don't even know that they even have a problem. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Rosa, so how are you, what's your marketing? What's the approach at the moment? How are you taking this out to market to, to, to I guess, bring awareness and, and to build up clean.io? Yeah. So, I mean, getting on things like this and speaking to individuals like you is definitely, um, you know, one part of that strategy. I would say that as we look at our two different products too, you know, clean ad is, I would say much more like boutique sales. So, I mean, every customer is a much larger, um, basically a much larger amount of revenue per customer. So it was very um, boutique and and service oriented versus clean cart, which is, you know, essentially an app that you install on whatever platform you're at. So we really needed to pivot from kind of those boutique sales into, into scaled sales. And we wanted to, again, do that through, you know, product led efforts. So, you know, getting into all these marketplaces has been one for building awareness. Um, we're also working with a number of different outlets to try and drive this story. Like that's probably my biggest thing is, um, you know, just as surprised as you are 
like so are all of the merchants that we talk to every day and you know i think that the more we can just get people talking about this like on their own regardless of if you know clean is in the equation or not like just to develop you know an understanding that you know there may be some underlying issues with, with some of these tools that people leverage out there and that I think has, has been our key till now. So that's what we've been focusing all of our marketing on, paid media as well, and then some of the other efforts that we have going on. And do you find that you know there's a particular channel or, or an avenue that typically works a lot better than others? Yeah, definitely. So two main things have, have been great for us. One is like other tech partners. Um, mm. So that ha- kind of have our ICP have been really good. So we've gotten, just because a lot of them have even had the issue themselves or have clients who've brought up the issue and have solved it, you know, with some kind of hack or something like that. You know, we, we work closely with Everflow, which is um, an affiliate basically platform. And then also Grin. I don't know if you're familiar with them as well, but they basically help merchants and brands find influencers to reach out to. Both of these guys had had different solves for some of the problems that we have, but hadn't really attacked it in the way, you know, that we have with products. So that's been great just because, you know, we can do a lot of co-marketing together. We can, we see each other at events, we can drive clients back and forth and, uh, you know, also do kind of like press releases together and really help drive the story. The other, you know, really kind of successful thing that we've seen is, is actually just talking to these influencers because a lot of them are as, as affected by this problem as the brands and, you know, they inherently have a voice um, for this. So we've, working with a couple of them on, you know, essentially case studies. So they'll be putting that out on their channels and just saying like, Hey, you know, I want all of the brands that I'm working with as an influencer to, to leverage clean, because then I know that I'm getting paid out to my maximum potential and I'm not having basically my margins being scraped away. So we basically have the unique thing about this is like, it's not just a a merchant problem. It's an ecosystem problem. Like, Mm that everyone is, is being affected by this. And for the large part, everyone's being affected negatively, except for like, you know, a couple people that I could name on my hand. I won't, but you know, you could probably <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so name, name and shame. Um, what about agency, <laughs> agency relationships? Have you, you know, is that a uh, potentially, and I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, I now know definitely that this is you know, a product that I'd be saying, guys, like, man, we've got, a couple of hundred um, clients under a belt of which 80% are retailers and e-com brands. And these guys spend hundreds of, in fact, millions of dollars a month, right? So I'm sure the minute we start digging, I'm sure we'd be able to find opportunities there. So is agency taking like an agency relationship route an opportunity as well? Have you guys explored that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We do have a couple of good partnerships with agencies. I would say, you know, if there's any struggle with that, it's like, how do you motivate? And and I mean, maybe you have advice on it. It's like, how do you motivate this agency to be pumping and and pushing your product versus like the 10 others that reached out to them? Like, how do you kind of rise to the top? To me, it's also about kind of the awareness and, and really like driving home the use case and obviously like making the economics right for them. But, um, you know, also like making it something that's, you know, new and exciting and solving problem that, you know, somebody would quickly get. And I think that the more, again, that we can kind of drive some of that awareness and, and basically be able to point to other sources of the problem instead, like, a, you know, if, if today we're having the conversation of, 
hey, there's this big problem out there and that you don't know about. And now that you know, you're like, oh my gosh. And by the way, let us solve it for you. I'd much rather have it be, you know, oh my gosh, I read this in this article or I heard a podcast talking about this or whatever. And so they're coming to us to kind of solve this, you know, after hearing about it somewhere else so that we're not always like trying to be, you know, the teacher and the solution. Mm-hmm. Look, and, and, and I think it comes back to value, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, if your product is adding value to the agency and it's essentially making them look good, right? Yeah. Then it's a no brainer, right? Like I know particularly for me, I mean, you know, I've obviously got, as I mentioned, I've got my own agency. This is a product that will add a lot of value to us and help us to some degree quantify or justify the investment that the, that the brand is making on a monthly basis and how we can increase the profits or their margin, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's value that we're passing on from, say, clean from, from clean to the client, right? So I think at the end of the day, if it's making the agency look good and ultimately it's building a stronger relationship with the client, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and that's really how we, we model out our outreach as well. I mean, typically what we do is a, is a 14-day free trial and we're like, hey, like, we're going to prove to you during this time that it would make sense to work with us. Like there's ROI well above paying for itself. And if there isn't, then, Hey, like maybe you keep it for free until we come up with something that, you know, would be of value to you. So like, you know, like I said earlier, just building these relationships and kind of like increasing our, our touch points is, is really important to us. And I, you know, I'm confident that, you know, we'll be able to provide tools and features and products to, you know, this ecosystem that will, you know, help every single person. But, um, you know, it's not like every single person we talk to with this product set that we have today is, you know, an, is an ideal customer. But, you know, I, I hope to get there one day. So on that, who, who is your ideal ICP? Right now, it would be probably somebody on Shopify, Shopify Plus or, or Big Commerce, just because it would be very easy to install. People that leverage affiliate programs such as share a sale and impact and pepper jam and, and those uh, basically to handle their intermediary and especially if you are partnered with honey or Rakuten or one of those others within those ecosystems would definitely apply to our product what we you can basically think of us almost as a firewall basically like mm-hmm. we're going to let in you know in some instances some of that traffic is driven in good faith and you know they are providing value to you and so you don't you as a retailer you don't want to shut off any source of of incoming revenue traffic users but you do want to give credit where credit's due and only pay when you know you should be paying and so that's mm-hmm. kind of like how you can think of of our approach yeah yeah absolutely top 3 tips or hacks for retailers right now what would they top be top 3 tips <laughs> And I guess probably more more relevant to this to this topic, right? Yeah, I would say like one of the things that I've seen in, in terms of just working with different retailers is like I feel like on the on the web publisher space, I, I feel that Google Analytics is a very kind of uh, well leveraged tool and kind of like where people live and live and breathe. But like mm-hmm. as I've learned, worked with a lot of um, e-commerce merchants, I haven't really seen everyone leverage it like to a degree that was to where it was providing the same kind of value as on the publisher side. I've seen a few examples, but to me, it's like a super powerful tool where you can really do a lot, especially, you know, in terms of understanding your journey and and giving yourself a lot of different insights in terms of 
uh, how people are, are progressing through their, their journey within your store. And you know, I would say that that's one thing that a lot of them, that a lot of people should look at too. I think that, you know, really digging in to, to what's going on uh, on your page, like go in there, be a buyer yourself, try from multiple different browsers, try, you know, desktop versus mobile, um, see what types of things are popping up um, and even leveraging some tools such as like uh, full story, which actually will actually go in and record those sessions that you can watch like live. And so, you know, I use an iPhone and if I wanted to then go in and, you know, check, check what my experience is on an Android or see if there's like some weird pop-up thing that's coming through, that's a good way to do it. And you can even set alerts in there. So yeah, full story would be another one I'd recommend. And I guess I'm just, instead of tips, I'm recommending products, but uh, <laughs> I no, promise I'm promise not getting paid for, for this stuff, <laughs> but these are just cool tools that, that I've used, you know, on, on the website too. And I, I just think that, uh, for, for a lot of these e-commerce merchants, really understanding the journey that your customer takes, like both with the internal metrics that you see, but also like literally that journey and what it looks like on the page and what other things are popping up um, is important. And the thing is, is like a lot of the browser-based extensions and, and other items are not things that you would be able to see yourself because like, you know, I might have on Honey, Honey installed, but you don't. Um, I might have Amazon Assistant, but you don't. So like, unless you're, in there looking at all of these different things that are happening on your page, you're probably going to miss a lot of, a lot of things and especially things that could be causing margin issues, causing UX issues. And, you know, I think that like just the way people that are visiting your website are finicky customers are finicky too. And if like your experience isn't streamlined, then they're going to drop off and not tell yeah. you about it. And you're never going to know. So yeah. like the more you, insight you can get into that, the better. Absolutely, man. And I, I, your first point, I cannot agree with enough, right? It's, you know, we see this time and time again as retailers just abandon GA. It's like, it's the, it's, I mean, it's, it's the most amazing analytics tool that you get for free and yeah. it gives you so much data. And from experience, I think what we found is a lot of them are starting to rely more on a Shopify, on Shopify mm -hmm. analytics. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, Shopify, but it's probably not as accurate as a GA. Right. And not as customizable either. Like Correct. they don't know your use case. That's it's funny. Right. We actually built like we, we built out reports and, and a plugin basically to use with Google Analytics as we first started this. And then we just abandoned that idea because no one used it because we were like, oh, like all of our web publishers like love this. And so we should definitely have this as an integration. And like, you know, after like two onboards of it, I was just like, okay, yeah, no one wants this. Oh, well. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, reckon, I reckon there's something in that tool, right? I think if you can. Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I've seen some people right? leverage it well, but, you know, like I said. You know, so, yeah. and, and part of it goes from, you know, a, a lot of these operations, like we see we work with some really big retailers and a lot of them have small teams. And I think that kind of like the tech savviness level, I don't even know if that's a word, but is, is not always like that high. And so a lot of them are looking for point solutions to solve their problems. Like I would, I want an app to just do this and I don't have to think about it anymore, which, you know, super valid and, and makes sense in a great way to build like a scalable business with low overhead. And so as we think about like creating products and being a solution in that ecosystem, like it's important to understand that. And I would say it's probably not something that we understood on our initial entry into this, uh, into the space. 
Well, understanding, I guess, your persona or the, or the customer that you're talking to is, is, is critical, right? Because you're right. I mean, if, you know, if they want something easy that they don't have to think about, well, that's, you need to essentially build a product around that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and make it easy for them, right? Not, not, not make it too complicated, especially if, the, if their tech savviness score is, is low. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jess, I've loved the conversation, man. It's been uh, it's been awesome. It definitely, like, I mean, there's a lot of value in this, a lot of learning, especially for myself. You know, like, I've, I've, this is I didn't even know this was going on, right? So there you go. And as I said, we, yeah. you know, we, we we serve a couple of hundred retailers here in, in in Australia. So this is it's a huge opportunity, I guess, for any agency or anyone, any retailers that's listening to this right now to go in and explore. Uh, explore the tool and i think you mentioned you've got a 14 day free trial so we can just jump in i'm assuming you know copy a script inject it in the site or or do it through the app it's just as easy Easily. as that right just, a, just yeah. a one click and then we can see uh you know if you have a problem and if we can do something for you and we're happy to help so you know i, I really appreciate you taking the time to to listen to all this and I, I appreciate you know your wonder in terms of figuring all of these things out and, and kind of open to to hearing what's going on because I think that you know there's a lot of a lot of marketing and and dollars and news going on the other side of this equation but you know we love people that are willing to kind of listen and tell a story. Absolutely, man. I'll, no, I'll definitely will be telling the story. Jeff, where do we find you, man? For our listeners that you know want to reach out or you know uh, give the tool. That, give the tool to go obviously go to clean.io and we'll put this in the notes but where do we find you where are you most active definitely the website would be easy and then also we are in the uh, big commerce app store and then also in the uh, shopify app store as well so you can should be able to search awesome. us in those or, or hit the website brilliant love your work and keep kicking ass and keep building some amazing products great thanks heaps it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show great thanks man have a good day